So we've been reading a couple of um, verses from Galatians in the past weeks. And today we are going to merge or to put together two ideas from Galatians and the book of Acts. Uh, and I want to start reading something in um, chapter 4 of Galatians, chapter 4 and uh, from verse 1 to 7. Um, we're reading from the New Living Translation, but you can use your own version or you can just um, see it here, the brand new screens. And also, not only the new projectors, but also brand new um, screens and I'm excited. You can see I'm excited about it. So, um, think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they're actually on everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was before. It was the way it was. Hold on. And it was the way it was with us before Christ. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves in the law, so that he could adopt us. As a very, as his very own children, and because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, "Abba, Father." Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child, and since you are His child, God has made you His heir. This is very interesting. Think about the context and all, 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 the, all the weeks that we have been discussing how freedom is important when we exercise the faith in Christianity. And Paul has been making emphasis in freedom. But also Paul has been making an emphasis in community, the value of community. Freedom and community are together. Because it's not like a formula when you can say, okay, 2 plus 2 equals 4. But it's just when the two elements get together, something powerful happens. We can have freedom, but without community, it will be a mess. We can have community, but without freedom, it will be a mess as well. And Paul has been, again, making an emphasis with this. But now he, he uses this illustration to talk about the transformation process. And it's, it's a great illustration. He says to a community that didn't have a Jewish background, that probably were not aware of all the commandments from the law and all the guidelines and stuff that uh, people in Jerusalem were. Um, now Paul is saying, hey, you need to see it from, 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 from this perspective. Think about it this way. It's like you have some money, you have something from you, but you cannot use it. Your parents, I mean your father, gave you something, but you got to reach a certain age. And before that, there's no way for you to use it. You are limited. You will be the real son, this is the illustration, until you get the money and you have the ability to spend it. 
So what he's trying to point is that it could be frustrating frustrating for for children knowing that they have something but they cannot use it because there's certain limitations. There's certain ideas and and concepts and legal um, guidelines that are blocking them to use the money that already belongs to them. And then he jumps to the point and says, that's exactly how we were before Christ. We had something, but we had limitations. We had something, but we couldn't use it. So people were basically living on spiritual frustration, sometimes without understanding. What it's really interesting to me about this verse is this. That when Paul is talking, he says that this general spiritual frustration was not only exclusive for people in Jerusalem, but it's also a spiritual frustration for everybody. Why? What is the context behind this? The context behind this is that religion oppresses people spiritually. And this group of people in in this specific region... They were being blocked by their own religions. And in Jerusalem, they were being blocked by their religion as well. Yes, in Jerusalem, Jewish people, yeah, they were worshipping Yahweh, they were worshipping God. But they created a system that later became this big religion. And even though they knew the real God, that religion was blocking them to experience the power God wanted for them to experience. And on the other side, we have pagan people. They didn't know the real God. They didn't know the the, the only one God. However, they were being blocked by their religion as well. Because when we humans create things, normally we don't have the power to control what we're going to do with them. And that is why we see people creating structures everywhere around the world. Sometimes those structures were created to protect and to take care of people, but now those structures are damaging them. We can see people with big companies going into um, countries living with extreme poverty, like, oh, we're going to bring this company for, uh, for, you know, so you can have progress and you can get some money and the economy can, can uh, be fixed and, and, and things are going to change. And probably at the beginning it was like that, but then later when power and ambition and all these things get together that same company now is damaging those countries because when we humans build systems and create structures we don't know how to do it and God knew that God knew that it's a beautiful connection what we can make from Galatians to the book of Acts in chapter 2 because we all know that Acts chapter 2 is the coming of the Holy Spirit and today is Pentecost 50 days after the resurrection. Something I really like is, you know, to tell stories and use illustrations. Like, for example, if I tell you a story, uh, and I use a couple of holidays here, um, like um, Fourth of July, or a Presence Day, or um, Memorial Day, I can use any of these holidays, and you know the meaning of those holidays. You know why we celebrate these things, those specific days. We know that sometimes we are honoring people. Sometimes we are just remembering people. You know the context of these celebrations. So if I use that celebration, any of them, 
to compare or to give you a lesson about spiritual spirituality or, or God or something, you will get it like this. It will be a perfect example because you know the context of the celebrations. What I like about the Bible, and to be more specific, the New Testament, is that the authors are using these holy days from ancient Israel to illustrate some points. So when we read Acts chapter 2 and Pentecost, for us it's like, oh, it's the coming of the Holy Spirit and it's the beginning of the church. That's how we understand that. And we see that as a historical fact. And it's good. But it's not only about knowing what happened that day or keeping it as a historical fact. The authors wanted to communicate something deeper with Pentecost. That celebration that we call Pentecost now, it was also a very traditional celebration for Jewish people back then. Yes, different names, different like way to, to, to do it, but it's not something like, um, oh, 50 days after uh, the, the resurrection, let's just like uh, send the Holy Spirit today. What do you think? Jesus, oh yeah, Father, let's do it. No. I believe that God knew what he was doing. But he knows what he does. But, uh, but, but he knew what he was doing. That specific day. So let's not think about the church right now, but think about ancient Israel. So around 49 days or 50 days after Easter, um, well, they were celebrating uh, the liberation of people and, 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 and the God of freedom. They had this, this celebration. The Feast of the Tabernacles. And they had a couple of purposes. So that day, they were remembering this. Follow me on this. Number one, that specific day, they were remembering that God made a covenant with them. They were remembering that. Oh, in the days of Noah, not everybody died. But it's not about that tragedy. It's about the covenant. Then in the sky, and then we have the covenant. So they were remembering that. It was a good way to celebrate. Number two, they were also remembering the law. The law of Moses. When God decided to give them instructions. God decided to give them instructions. And they were happy about that. For, for them, the law was the daily bread. It was not only, you know, a set of rules, but also life for them. So they were celebrating that. And in response to those things, they were offering the first fruits of the harvest. They were giving that. And it was another way to celebrate. But then, this is when it gets interesting, then there was a fourth reason for them to celebrate that day. They had this ancient idea that they were communicating from one generation to another. That one day they said, God was going to be one with his creation. They thought for many generations that one day the divine was going to become one with his creation. And with that expectation, they started like celebrating and say, one day our creator will be one with us. And guess what? Boom. And we got the Holy Spirit that day. God 
knew what he was doing. So that day the disciples sat together. But think about the disciples. Think about them for a moment. They were like, oh wait, everybody's celebrating these things over there. Yes, that's, that's good. Should we join them? What do we do? Because like, we're like, like in the middle. But also, think about this. Jesus left. Yes, he said, hey, listen, don't worry. I'm going to come back. Everything's going to be fine. Do your job. I'm going to be with you always. Okay, where, where is Jesus? Jesus is not there. They're struggling. They're seeing people celebrating over there. They're waiting and waiting and waiting. They don't even know exactly what they're waiting for. Like, Jesus said some words, but they didn't have that idea super clear. So, they're over there. Probably with fear again. Confusion. Maybe some frustration. And then something happened. Something without explanation. Luke is trying to tell us that that day was extremely powerful to the point that everybody in the city, they were celebrating their own thing, their own, um, I would say, religious celebration. They were happy. Yes, they were happy. But then when the Holy Spirit came, everybody at Jerusalem were like, wait, 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 what is, what's going on? What's happening here? And the Holy Spirit was pouring on all of them. And, and I don't know if they truly understood that at the moment. I don't know. What, what would you do? You're celebrating and waiting and then suddenly something happened. Okay, what is that? Well, it looks like tons of fires. Like, well, are you sure? Like, well, I don't know. But that's the way I'm going to describe it because they look like that to me. And then it was power in that room. It was power because God decided that day to become one with His creation. And we just read in Galatians that Paul said that the very specific point of freedom for people was when the Holy Spirit came to us. Because, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit brings freedom and community. These two components, these two elements are in his own nature. He's bringing freedom from religion and the human structures so we can have an authentic community where we all can belong, where we all can have the identity and the DNA of God. So that day in Pentecost, the role was something different. It was not people offering something to God. It was not people having just the hope or the expectation. It was God doing something for us again. Because in the tradition of the Jewish religion, and then this was passed to some Christians as well in the first century, the idea was you have to do this if you want God to be pleased. You have to follow this rule if you want God to be happy. It was all about us doing something to please God. It was about people following all the rules and instructions. And then God will be like, oh, I'm so happy that you are following all the rules. And you're doing so good. And God says, it's, it's, it's not that. If you don't get the foundation of this, you can obey all the rules, but you still can be lost. 
And then he says, today I'm not expecting for you to give me the first fruit. I'm going to give you the first fruit again. Because Paul said that in the Holy Spirit, Christ was coming too. I like Paul's theology. Because when we read what he uh, wrote, we see something powerful. We see, yes, we have the Holy Spirit, but we also have Christ in the Spirit. So Christ is in us. Can, can I get an amen for that? Because Christ is in us. <laughs> and God says, this is the fruit. I'm giving you the first fruit of the harvest to you. Today, I'm not giving you another law. I'm giving myself to you. Today, it's not about you understanding my covenant with signs on sky and everything. I am the covenant. And I'm going to be with you. Today, I'm going to be one with you. How does that feel that the creator of the universe wants to be one with us, with no restriction and with freedom? He says, my spirit will be poured out on every flesh. Not extinction. Men, women, young people, older people. No one. The promise was to give us his own life. So God could choose any place in the universe to live or to become one will. Any place in the universe. Any place in the universe. And then this small planet has these little people inside, very little, and God said, over there, I created them. I love them. I want to be one with them. So the rest of my creation can see me in them. Why are we so different? Oh yeah, we have life only in this planet. Well, we don't know about that. I don't know. And that's not the topic for the lesson today. But I don't care about that. I care that God decided to live inside of me and to live inside of you. I, I care that the Holy Spirit is here, but now what's the implication for us? What are we going to do? The Holy Spirit came to the people in that specific moment for a reason. They needed, number one, transformation. They were so frustrated with life. They didn't understand exactly what was going on. Yes, they saw Jesus resurrected, but then they still were like confused. What are we going to do now? Should we preach about what he, what, what he was doing? What, what do we do? And the Holy Spirit brought that transformation. Because where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. And the Holy Spirit brings transformation. You cannot say that you already know everything. Because then you limit the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are not able to experience transformation, then you are only feeding yourself with the human structures we spoke before. We need to be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit because that's the only way to find life. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will bring confrontation to us. Confrontation to our systems, to our beliefs, to the way we think and even to the way we interpret the Bible. And we need to be open and mindful to receive the guidance of the Holy Spirit because He is the giver of instruction. He is the giver of His word. 
We cannot allow our thoughts or ideas to be stronger than the revelation of the Spirit. Because then we miss the point. One thing that I like about Pentecost is this. Everybody was there. The apostles started speaking in tongues, languages. So everybody understood. The question is, after all of this process, were they feeling comfortable? Probably not. Because this was different. This was not the system they were taught before. This was something completely, and we see it in the book of Acts, all the time. But it's not about feeling comfortable. It's about obeying what he is telling us to do. People in Israel thought that because God gave them the law, they got it all together. And they thought, if we have the law, we don't need anything else. And when you check the Old Testament, you see these people with the law, with the interpretation of the law, doing the wrong thing, rejecting others. Thinking that they were the only ones all the time. But they had the law. Because we can have scripture, but without the life of spirit, we miss the point. We need the life of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not inviting us to obey a bunch of rules to avoid hell. The Holy Spirit is inviting us to a relationship. To a close relationship. Transformation. Number two. Inclusion. The question is not. Am I reading the Bible correctly? The question is. What kind of life. Is that reading producing in me? The effort that sometimes we put is, oh, let me understand this passage. I want to understand the Bible. I want, oh, that's the meaning. Oh, that's what kind of life is your Bible reading producing in you and in your community? Our table is for everybody. We do not preside the table. Jesus does. And he is inviting everybody. People from all ages. Not extinction. You see David Marine. That's probably the best welcome I haven't seen the whole year in video. He just started high school. We talk every single day about pretty much everything. All the time. And he, he's getting ready to be baptized. One of these days. You'll see it. But when I see David. I see the future. I want you to see your kids. And see the future too. I want you to see your own kids. And see the future too. And ask yourself. In my community of faith at sunset, is the table ready for them as well or not? And if the answer is not, then we got to do something. We have to do something. We cannot continue losing our kids 
And it's not about the youth program or doing this activity, organizing this, or let's go party. No, because at the end, parents and adults are the biggest influence they have at home. In the same way, sometimes the kids feel rejected. Many other people can feel rejected. Yes, I know. Rejected can be a strong word. I know. But rejection is probably one of the biggest pain generators in the world. From that little girl that when you went, I mean, like, like hey, uh, you want to be my girlfriend? No, that's it. That's rejection. That, that's it. That kid is going to feel that. No, I'm not going to love again anymore. This is it. I mean, and then they're going to put that on TikTok and on Instagram, everywhere. And I say, why is life treating me like this? God, really? Are you there? Okay. From, 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 from that point to things like, I want to be a part of this table. What do I have to do? Kids, men and women. Together, serving with the gifts that we have received from the Holy Spirit. The last thing, the Holy Spirit brings change. The word we do not like. Humans, we don't like change. I asked Carla the other day. Because, you know, now that she passed the bar, so she's kind of excited about it. I wonder why, I don't know, I don't get it. Um... It's just the bar exam. I mean, it's... Well, <laughs> but I asked her, Oh, hey, listen. I've been thinking, like, should we move to Spain? And she's like, huh? Oh, you mean Spain's cool? And I, Oh, how, how about, how about you know, another country in Europe? The UK. And then you can become an attorney over there as well. And she's like, no. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay in Miami forever. And it's like, okay. Okay, we'll stay in Miami forever. That's, that's, that's it. That's good. Change is difficult. But it's the only way to survive. And the Holy Spirit knew that. If the religion and the structure of Jewish... Well, let me tell you something. I'm not going to say it. Because it got completely destroyed. Year 70. The whole structure. The temple. Everything. And what survived was... That movement led... But the Holy Spirit bringing hope, peace, reconciliation, creating a community of freedom. Sons of Church, my encouragement this morning is this. Do not be afraid of change, but trust your Lord. Do not be afraid of transformation, but trust the Holy Spirit. He knows what He's doing. This is His church. More than our church is His church. And He knows what He's doing. And sometimes it's hard to be open to the confrontation that He will bring into our life. It's hard and it's difficult. But allow Him to love you and to bring that freedom that we all need. My invitation today is not only to think about our table, but the table of our future generations. What do we have to do? To listen. Listen to the Spirit, follow His voice, and we will see powerful things the same way they saw them in the first century.